0: Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello, and welcome to the Uncommon Life Project. This is your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for showing up, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Guys, we have a fun show for you today. We have one of my close friends and business owner, Joey Glenn, on the show today. I can't wait to just dive in on what he's done and created uh, and just kind of walk through his challenges and opportunities that he's had over the course of the last two and a half years since he's owned a business. Um, One thing that I really want to touch on is just how he's pulled together all these different revenue streams from his main source of engineered performance. And so we'll walk through all that stuff. Um, One thing that um, we can talk about quickly is he's an owner, sports chiropractor, and then performance coach at engineered performance. He's married uh, to a wonderful woman. Her name's Hannah. Uh, they have three children as of right now, a three-year-old, uh, and then uh, twins, one-year-olds, and uh, they're all girls. So there's a lot of hormones that are going it's on in the house. There. Yeah, a little offsided, oh, One of the
1: twins is a boy, actually. but they, okay.
0: Oh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I got my one. I got my one. Yes. Yes. We're going backwards. All right. So he has three uh, children. Uh, The oldest one is three year old. It's a girl. The two others are twins. They're one year old. They have a boy and a girl, which is kind of uncommon in and of itself. Um, But yeah, so I'd just like to just jump in if you don't. Yeah, um, let's get into it. Yeah. So Joey, let's start talking about just welcome to the show. First of all. Yeah. Thanks for
1: having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm Super excited that you're here, and I think our guests are going to get a lot out of it uh, let's start talking about first off when you first started going after or leaning forward to owning your own business, what were something that you i guess some obstacles that you had to overcome
1: oh man there's a that's quite a rabbit hole. Um, we ran into all sorts of walls when we first started for sure. Um, the first I'd say would be securing financing. I had a pretty grand idea from some of the internships and jobs that I'd had in the past and exactly what I wanted to do. And it was, um, it was big. And so I I had an internship with a, with one mentor of mine and he kept telling me, you know, if if you're not, if you're not scared, then you're not doing it big enough. And so I kept going until I was pretty scared. And so we ran into quite a few different issues, just selling that idea to different uh, financial institutions and trying to get financial backing at that first. I'd say that was definitely the biggest obstacle to start things because, um, without that, obviously, I would have had to start much smaller, which isn't isn't a bad thing at all, but um, wasn't the idea that I had. So I'd say that was the first holdup. Um, the second would be, like you mentioned, my uh, growing family and uh, the absolute need to make an income pretty quickly. So <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> that was that was a holdup. Things that we kind of we kind of started quite a few different things all at once, had a lot on our plate, and so um, be, juggling like my life. And my business, that balance was kind of tough. When I wanted to be home for kids that were brand new, and and uh, you know I want to be around for them, but at the same time, it was kind of it'd be easy to spend 16 hours a day here and, and get things grow, growing. So that was tough too. I'd say those are the two biggest holdups I ran into uh, pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, and I think I think you touched on a good vein. I want to dive a little deeper in that. What has owning um, engineered performance allowed you to do in terms of like structuring your family time and having that? work-life balance that we hear from so many entrepreneurs is just really difficult to maintain.
1: Yeah, it is very difficult, but um, it's also that flexibility that it's allowed me has been everything in my life. Um, I talk a lot with my wife recently, actually, a couple of weeks ago, there was a pretty big business that was, uh, interested in possibly buying us out and, and doing something like along those lines. And we talked to them and I, I told Hannah, you know, I really don't want to do this. I love what I'm doing, but if the, if the offer's right, what, what would we think? And she right away said, no, it couldn't be there. There's not a number in her mind because right now, I mean, even today, actually, our, our one of our little, one of the twins is sick and she was able to take the whole day off. No questions asked, obviously, and just run home. Um, stuff like that happens all the time. I never miss like little dance recitals and practices and stuff like that. That's, That's huge for me. I don't think I can put a value on that. And owning the business has allowed me to do that, which, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade for anything right now.
0: Totally. So let's go back, I think, for our listeners. Have you always had this passion to be owning something of this caliber in the fitness world? Um, Tell us more about that.
1: Sure. So it evolved, I mean, a lot throughout the years. So I guess when I was in high school, I suffered a pretty severe shoulder injury. I I tore my labrum uh, while wrestling. And I found physical therapy was helping a little bit. uh, And I started shadowing different PTs and then eventually a chiropractor that helped quite a bit. And I just found that their lifestyle was what I wanted to live. These guys were taking like long lunch breaks and working out in the middle of the day. They were eating really well uh, multiple times throughout the day. They had I, I some of them had great days where they were just people would come in and it'd be like they were hanging out with their good friends and I envied that. And so, um, not only the fact that they helped me out quite a bit over a serious injury in my life, but just their lifestyle was super attractive to me. So I kind of chased that, um, pretty hard. So I, I as soon, I mean, that was when I was still in high school, I decided to go to the university of Iowa. And as soon as I got there, I basically told them I walked into my advisor office and just said, this is this, this is the plan. I, I want to be a chiropractor. And, um, Basically, he just gave me gave me a template and said, "This is what you want to study. This is how we're going to get you there." And so that kind of played out exactly like I thought it was going to. Going to until my senior year, um, I was always kind of like I said, I was a wrestler, so I was always kind of into working out and that type of thing. Um, also, at the time, I was very very undersized. I was a little guy uh, in the high school wrestling room, and so my dad would always find like new ways to be trained and new like cutting edge things like that. And he was always ahead of the game, which is really nice. But my senior year of college she gave me this book called core performance and it was uh it was awesome it was just the it was a new new way of training that i thought I could, I could tell that it was very very different so i was in a um uh, strength and conditioning class at the university of iowa at the time and i took that book to my professor and i was like this is this is better than what you're teaching us but pretty blunt like this is this is not what you're teaching us and this is how we should be learning and um she loved it and she, she ran with it and she offered me a pretty cool a pretty cool opportunity to uh, stay and get my master's which i eventually turned down, but she saw the saw the potential too. And I respected her a lot. So her opinion meant a lot to me too. Um, so as soon as I finished that, I actually called the people that wrote the book and I, I asked like, how can I pick your brain? What can I do to be around you guys? Um, I looked up their facility and I, you know, I told them I will, I'll do anything. I'll mop floors, I'll stock Gatorade, I'll fold towels. And, and you know, uh, she is funny because she goes, that's, that's great. It sounds awesome. But, um, we have, you can apply for our internship program. And there's currently like 200 applicants. For the summer. <laughs> I was like, great. So I uh, hung up the phone a little bit disappointed, but about a month before I graduated, she had called me and, and to my surprise gave me, the, gave me the internship, which was huge. And so when I went out there, that really changed things for me because I started seeing, you know, I was really passionate about chiropractic and living this lifestyle, but then I found another huge passion in um, training athletes. And so yeah, that was, that changed everything for me again. And then you know, we had one big change when uh, I was training an athlete at, at athlete's performance, and and they were injured, and I really wasn't great at changing things up. I didn't understand anatomy physiology enough to really trust myself um, on the on that side of things. So I applied and got accepted then to Palmer. I decided to then chase the uh, chiropractic uh, career, and so I went and got my chiropractic degree, and. Uh, finished up at a few internships with a VA hospital, and then uh, finally one at the water and sport physical therapy down in San Diego, again, treating athletes. So it kind of just continuously evolved. Like every time I found a passion and I found something that would kind of add to that, or I found a missing link, I just kind of chased that. And it seemed to seem to work its way out to where, where I'm basically doing what I, what I love to do now.
0: Dude, that's awesome. That's yeah. very uncommon, by the way, too. And For one sure. thing I want to just point out, and I don't know, maybe you can speak on this uh, a little bit, but what I heard right away is that you found something that you started becoming passionate about, which was that book that made you think a little different than what right. you were being taught. And what, what really I respect to the unt degree is that you then reach you, you, actually wrote or wrote, like reached out to the owner and the writer and author of the book. Mm-hmm. And you basically asked her to mentor you, like oh, yeah. to yeah. have that mentorship in your life as an entrepreneur is priceless, especially when you're going down an uncommon path. That is huge. So tell me about your relationship with that person now. And, and how does she, is she continuing to speak truth into your life and mentoring you? Tell me more about
1: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more that this mentorship process is by far the most important thing that's happened in my career. Um, Starting with her, she eventually left the company, but everybody I worked underneath at that during that internship has been instrumental in my life. In fact, yesterday I just talked to one of the guys. Again, we we did exactly this. We video chatted, uh, just consulting about different ways to use uh, a VO2 machine and how they want to use it at their at their facility out there. And it's just we're constantly in contact and just kind of, we both have, we both share the same vision of just pushing the needle um, in the industry a little bit further. We're not, I, I don't know. And like in many things um, in Iowa, strength and conditioning is very far behind, unfortunately. And so it's kind of, it's kind of fun to not play into that dogma at all. We actually get to just, I, I feel like we get to push the boundary continuously. And so having people like that, that get to call us and, and talk to us and you know play with that stuff, especially when they're on the West coast and doing, all sorts of new stuff, and uh, we get to kind of get to tap their brains quite a bit. And even past then, after I, um, you know, I tell people this all the time that I feel like what I use ninety percent of my day is stuff I learned from mentors, uh, just from shadowing and picking other people's brains. I think school gave me a pretty good foundation and taught me how to pass boards. Absolutely. But I, I, I do think um, the majority of the stuff I use on a daily basis I learned from mentors. Uh, I I have to shout out a couple of my mentors. One of them, uh, Dr. Ed La Cara, when I was was probably my last trimester in school, I worked for him at the VA hospital. And that's a funny story in and of itself. I heard about this guy and he was just doing things differently. And I really really liked what he was doing. He was working with athletes and vets and he was changing things. He wasn't just doing the same kind of pattern that we were learning in school and so I did the smart thing and I sent my wife's a massage therapist I sent her to get a job with him (laughs) she was asking all my undercover questions and just kind of figuring it out and eventually I you know I got the I got the courage to actually call him and just say hey what can I do and I I worked for him under the uh, under him at the VA hospital for a while and and learned uh, astronomical amount of amount of information and ways to practically use it in, in daily life and then right after that, I got a job uh, or I did a preceptorship at water and sport physical therapy in San Diego and working under Dr. Jen Rayner, And she, again, changed everything on me. Uh, I would just follow her around in just amazement and just kind of this is how I want to practice. So I just like like you kind of touched on, I think mentorships are everything, especially in my life. I, I couldn't credit those three people more. Um anymore. And how I got here for sure.
0: Dude, you, I'm like geeking out right now. Like I'm so pumped. If,
1: I'm mentorship. Yeah. Okay. That's so heavy. I want to
0: pull back a little bit. What makes engineered performance different? Like in the 32nd, give us your elevator speech of like, why are you different than all the other 95 workout facilities in or chiropractors. Or chiropractors. Or chiropractors, sure.
1: So we, we kind of take an all-encompassing approach. I remember very specifically one time I was at this lecture, and they put on the board this uh, kind of a timeline of an athlete's injury. So if somebody gets injured uh, on the field, who's taking care of them? It's an athlete, athletic trainer. And then through possible surgery then possible physical therapy and then back to a strength coach and getting returning to play. And I was looking at that timeline, and I was thinking, where am I missing? Because at the time, I was working as a trainer. I was becoming a chiropractor. I had been a strength coach. And I was just thinking, where – I want to cover this entire continuum. And so when I came back to Iowa, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to build a facility that was all-encompassing for the athlete, whether they're suffering an injury or just trying to improve performance. I really think we've nailed that. Uh, Engineer performance, we spell a little bit goofy with the number four. And and (laughs) I I regret it every day, to tell you the truth. I've got to spell it to everyone. But it does does explain the four pillars that we're kind of – that, we're, that we try to hit on, and that's sports medicine, sports science, movement, and nutrition. And we think all four of those truly encompass a, a person's not only just their health and wellness, but also sports performance, if you're still looking at, at that avenue, too. So I'd say that is just being all encompassing is pretty much the biggest thing that makes us different.
0: For sure. For
1: sure.
2: So I want to touch on one thing. You're talking about mentors, but we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on and we started recording. But uh, your dad gave you a book, and your dad was in a position in your life where that book meant something, and you were you were looking at it like, "Hey, I need to read this." So, yeah. a lot of the people, and this is my own personal story. You know, we worked for somebody for several years, and then we we you know, "Hey, I got to cross over and own our own business or do our own thing." You kind of didn't have that trajectory. You wanted to be an entrepreneur out of the gate. Talk about your parents as mentors, as uh, champions, and, and uh, as friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents are, are so, so important to me, not only my, my career choice, but everything that I've done, I, I credit to them. They, they were working jobs that they hated when I was in high school and, and we were getting by and, um, my mom, she was working hard, really hard and was very underappreciated. And I, I saw that constantly. Like she really grew a business to, to an exceptional level and, uh, was not getting, Was not getting accredited for it. And so that was frustrating to me. And, and I didn't, I was a kid. I didn't know how to change anything. My dad, again, he was working at a, at a large bank and just kind of struggling. I mean, I remember every day watching him try to get out of bed. He he hated it. And, uh, I remember thinking, like, man, that sucks. I was really appreciative of what he was doing for me. Sure. And, and, you know, we, at the same time, he'd also, in the morning, he'd deliver newspapers when he needed to. He was cleaning. He was mopping the uh, child care center at the time and that and the evenings, too. That man worked really, really hard. And I, I definitely appreciated that and, and gathered that out of it. But I also knew right from the beginning, I'm not doing that. I, there's got to be another way to make money um, without killing yourself and, and feeling miserable in the mornings. And so – later on i mean they've discovered that they knew my mom knew that she was building a business and she could have done it on her own uh she got lucky enough that a financial a person that wanted to invest found her and said I, I see talent in you i want i want to make this happen and and she went off and did her own thing and i remember watching my parents write up the business plan in their bedroom and i was so giddy i was i was excited because <laughs> i knew i knew they were going to be successful whether i mean whether it was like actually financially successful or not i knew they were actually taking that leap and that was important to me um and that really gave me the courage later on in my life when I was trying to make different different leaps too. No, but now they are entrepreneurs and they, they own that business and it's massively successful, um, and it, which has been great for me too because in chiropractic school most of us go into business for ourselves afterwards, but our business education is is awful. Mm-hmm. To, to, tell you, to tell you the truth, they they did, did like two different classes and they were they were terrible. Um, so I got very lucky in the sense that I came out and I had some really good mentors again. Um, I could go to them with questions again they had started a business a few years ago. So the landscape has changed quite a bit, but it was really nice to come to them with very basic questions that I think a lot of my uh, peers really didn't have answers to at the beginning.
0: For sure. Yeah. You know, we talk about just the transfer of wealth. I mean, obviously that's what we do, right? (laughs) Brian and I get to talk to people every day about their wealth. And one thing that we get to talk to them about is about transferring wealth. And one thing that we talk about is wealth is not your money. For sure. You can transfer what your key experiences are to your children they won't need your money, right? And so, what your parents did there is they transferred that understanding of I don't want to hate my life and hate my job, yep. but I want to instill in my son something that so he'll never have to worry about this again, and maybe he'll even just start his company right out of the gate, like you've done. Man, yeah. that is true transfer of wealth. Yeah.
1: So uh, I couldn't give agree my more. Extra they, hug. Yeah, no, I, I always do. I couldn't agree more. They were. Um, I don't think they did it on. Pur- I mean, I don't know if they did it on purpose. They just. They truly saw a need and they said, I'm going to make this leap. And I watched the whole time because I was, I was, you know, I was later on in high school at this point and, and watching, I was thinking, this is, this is the way to do it. Even before they started, I mean, the day they, the day they weren't working anymore, they were happier. So it was, it was different. I
0: loved that. We need to yeah. get them on the show. Come on now. <laughs>
1: they're great. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they'd come on.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, you decide to emp- open up engineered performance, right? Uh-huh. You decide the land, you decide the business model. you get all going. Hannah's finally probably chewing her fingernails because she's scared out of her mind. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> yeah, both of you probably were. Yeah. So at what point did you, obviously you talked about going to the banks and, and trying to yeah. get the, the proposals. How was that? Uh, how was that whole process? Was it a good one? Was it a bad one? And what it that ended up, okay, great. <laughs> Talk about
1: that. It was, it was an awful experience, I, but again, with my parents, I was relatively prepared because they had gone through something kind of similar before this investor found them. Um, So when I first came back, I had this grand plan. I had it on paper and I was like, I'm going to, we're going to do great. This is going to be successful year one. And I was a little bit naive, right? So I came out and I I was going to the banks and initially getting turned down and they knew who my parents were at this point and knew their business too. And so I I remember taking meeting after meeting and, and as soon as I'd come in, I'd say my parents and their their uh, business has nothing to do with this. Please don't even bring it up. And then, you know, we waste 30 minutes. And they say, "Yeah, it'd work if you bring in your parents." And then, <laughs> uh, no. Leave. Yeah, exactly. So, and that happened over and over again. But every time I'd leave a little bit disheartened. But my parents would keep continue to tell me, uh, "You know, this, this is going to happen. They're going to deny, deny, deny. You're going to find somebody that'll take it and it'll work out." And so that never happened. The banks continuously said no, um, and I walked out just thinking, "Fools!" Like. Like he'll be back. And so eventually what had happened was we found an investor. My parents uh, actually had a friend who heard about what we were trying to do and that we we're about to move back to Iowa. And he reached out, we had a meeting, I pitched the idea. And this guy is just, he's just like my mom. I always tell people if you have a crazy, crazy idea, you go to my mom and she'll just she'll support you. <laughs> yes. uh, not, not just financially, but she'll, she will continue. She'll like convince you to do it. And so this guy was the same. I pitched him the idea. He's like, yeah, let's go start tomorrow. And so, um, yeah, that's what we did. And so he's, he actually owns the building uh, here. It's leased on uh, situation. And and he's been, I mean, he he bankrolled the whole thing at the beginning. He's been fantastic. So um, wow. that's how we got started. Yeah.
2: Okay. And looking at that, I know for me personally, when I started my own business, I had that moment at about 2 a.m. where you're about ready to throw up and like, <laughs> yes. what have I done?
0: Yes.
1: Ah. <laughs> I've been there. I've been yeah, there.
2: Yeah. For sure. So in that, I've now hit the point, you know, just thanks to the amazing partnership I have with Philip. But um it's not a question of if you're gonna make it, but how big you're gonna make it. Have you had that moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh that happened quite a few times actually. I would I, I remember multiple times throughout that first year thinking, why isn't this where I thought it was gonna be already? Um and obviously the landscape in California is quite a bit different than Iowa and I had gotten used to that. Um so when I came back I, I was a little bit confused, and I remember multiple times going over to my going over to my parents' business and just telling them I messed up. Like, what? What are we gonna do? And <laughs> my mom wasn't playing around. She'd always just be like, "Stop. Go back. Go to go back to work. Like, get it done." Which was not. I mean, I needed that. I needed that. Your
0: mom here. is amazing, dude. Yeah.
1: She's she's awesome. So she would she'd kick me back out of her office and send me back here to, to get it done. And um, those moments of panic, I think, are so instrumental in being in being an entrepreneur. And when you're starting out, like. You kind of need it. You need that gut check a little bit because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you moving forward, and I think it's important. You know, uh, uh, as a side note, there was a physical therapist in in the area um, in Des Moines, and he was an old family friend of mine, and he decided to kind of make this leap. He, He quit his job and started up a physical therapy clinic, and he was a little bit unsure and invested a lot of money into it. And after, I remember he came into my office, they had been open for one week and he was uh, sitting across from me and he started crying because he was so frustrated with how it wasn't off the ground and where it's at. And I was like, dude, it's been a week. Like we got to, you got it. You got to plan well and like, just stick to it. And he's like, I'm up all night. I I can't sleep. I'm like, yeah, welcome to being an entrepreneur like this this stuff. It sucks. A lot of the time it hurts, but uh, it's totally worth it. And um, yeah, I I think everybody goes through it. It's just Yeah.
0: Every, every entrepreneur, business owner goes through some sacrifices, right? What are some sacrifices that you've had to go through?
1: I'd say at the beginning, it was kind of what I touched on at the beginning of this podcast, but at the beginning, it was not being home as much as I'd like to have been home. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when I first started, it was a, it was a skinny operation. It was, it was everything you see, but it was just me running it. It was me and, and my wife, Anna. And so she kind of always took care of the books and all the stuff that goes right over my head. But um, I was coaching the morning classes at 530 in the morning. Then I'd, see, I'd coach a few more classes. I'd see patients. Uh, whenever they would come in and then I'd see I'd coach the classes in the evenings. I was here all day long and uh when I'd come home I mean I was exhausted and and Hannah was pregnant at the time then she had a baby soon after and like it was it was uh man that was crazy that sacrifice was tough because I was just tired all the time and I didn't feel like I was giving everything I wanted to give to my family either um but I knew that I had a long-term vision of it. Right. So I knew that if I just, if I got it out right now and did as much as I could, eventually I'd be able to spend more time with them and do, do my thing. Not that I wasn't present, but I wasn't as present as I wanted to be. I'd say that was the biggest one. That was the biggest punch that got, and it really changed things for me.
0: Yeah. Great answer.
1: When
2: you look at, you know, I recently went through a pretty big injury uh, in my back and when you're kind of in a unique position, helping people transition out of injury, but also being a business owner, um, talk to us about like what your daily routine is like just for yourself to stay healthy you know mind and body and and what that looks like
1: sure and you know what that's an interesting topic too because i thought when i was in california oh, i'm going to you know i was going to start a gym i was going to live there i was going to be in the best shape of my life and that all changed on me pretty quick i realized how much i'm actually working even though the gym is 10 steps away from my office um i rarely got out there at first um also i mean that's important i need to be doing that stuff because I, I have to live the lifestyle as well to get all my to, i can't preach it and not have people not be following it myself right so um as soon as i could as soon as that slowed down a little bit i got back out there and so my my routine is i, I try to also be a really good role model of my kids so we get up and we eat breakfast every morning i, I get up early and We have breakfast. I get into work. Um, I usually see my patients in the morning, uh, three days a week. I see my patients in the morning Then I'll work out in the afternoon, just like at the beginning when I was talking about, um, those people that I liked that were kind of taking an hour two hours in the middle of the day to work out and eat. I've completely emulated that. So I'll I'll take that time. I'll work out. I'll eat. Uh, often we have a sauna in here too. And I, I love sitting in that guy before I take a shower and then, and then my patients again in the afternoon or a class. So, um, it's just kind of, I mean, it's, it's all stuff we preach every day. I think you should be, I think you should be working out. I think you should be eating right. And we just kind of fall, we follow those exact principles. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. We keep it simple though. Like I said, the life is pretty crazy. Even if you're working inside a gym, I completely understand when people come to me and say, I can't find time to get to the gym. Like, yeah, me either. And it's five minutes, five steps away. (laughs) I, I get it. I get it.
0: How many employees do you have talking just about the sustainability of, of where you're at?
1: Yeah, let's see. So we got, let's see, we got, a head strength and conditioning coach, a physical therapist, um, and then two part-time strength and conditioning coaches as well. We had some people with the cafe, but that has actually changed right now. We, it's undergoing a little bit of a transformation. Um, big Acai, a food truck that's pretty popular in Des Moines, they're taking over the cafe. So they're going to be working out of that um, here just in a week or so. So we're pretty excited about that. But so it's, it's those two, three, four, then Hannah, so that's five of us right now. Uh, so oh, Brady, That's six, I'm sorry.
0: Your wife works with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. We get that. We get that. We get laughed at Great. all the time about that, but it's been fantastic. Yeah. So she, like I said, she runs all of the books, all of the accounting, and the stuff that I don't understand. And uh, so she's a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, but um, super integral to what
0: to what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's kind of switch conversations and start talking about a little bit of cash flow about engineered performance, sure. ways that you've plugged in different ways to get that cash flow all hubbing around engineered performance. Because we talk a lot about to our clients about having residual income and having multiple sources of residual income because it actually reduces your risk. Um, And so it isn't just, I guess, diversifying your portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Like, yeah, that's not really diversified if you really think about it. Um, right. but so it sounds like you've plugged in with the cafe and, and other sources. So can you walk us through some of the ways that you have made engineered performance residual?
1: Sure. So my first goal with that was to make a, to provide the stability in the business. I wanted to build the membership base because most of our members are, they, they the price changes with a length of commitment. So most of our members are six-month or 12-month commitment. So I know I can count on that every month, which is nice. So that's really the stability in, in the business. So when I first started, I focused entirely on trying to build as many members as possible, adult fitness and sports performance members. Um,
0: so and, we did that. And not to stop you, but that is a form of residual income that we also see. So one, right, right, right there. Right. Great job.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so as soon as I got that stability, right, I can count on that because um, sports medicine, chiropractic, and physical therapy, like – my goal, and another way why we're a lot different, is I'm trying to get you out of my office as fast as possible. I think the faster I can get you healed and get you back to the things you're doing, the more people you're going to tell. It's not necessarily trying to see you every week for the rest of your life. So that's something we're doing differently. And because I'm not doing that, I don't see the, that, that number changes every every sure. week. Sure. So I can't always count on that number staying the same from month to month. So I really try to build the business, the stability about the business with membership base. Um after that then I definitely look at sports medicine. So we, we see as many patients, um we, we spend about 30 minutes per patient and with an hour with a new patient. And so our time's kind of limited there. Um as soon as we're full, me and the physical therapist, which we're really hitting a point right now, um we're looking at hiring another clinician to come on and uh we'll never sacrifice that value by spending less time with each patient. Those those super important to us. Mm. Um so we did that, and then we also, like you said, we got a few other funnels. So we, we started with the cafe, so we had a recovery cafe. Um, my time out at exos and athletes performance i saw you know we were, we were working with professional athletes and celebrities so after every workout they would get a protein shake and a gatorade and at first i thought that was just kind of like a swanky thing like this it is it's nice to do right but these guys were always recovered they're coming back in the next day ready to go again and, and i found there's something to that and so I, I think i tell people all the time if i can control one meal of yours a day i'm doing you big service and i always want to make that meal your post-workout meal so we've we added the cafe, and we had post-workout smoothies and nutrition and that type of thing. We thought that was super important, um, and we loved it, and that was fun, but that quickly became a full-time job for us, and and to grow it any more than, than it already is, we needed more people to work over there, and I just didn't have the time to do that, so what we decided to do, like I touched on, is, is we lease it out now to a, a food company that has like a cult-like following. They're, they're awesome. They're really healthy food. And we'll have that in all day long. They're also able to op- be open way more time than we were. Um, so we'll serve way more of our members, and way more of the community. So that was nice. And that's, uh, like I said, a passive income. I'm, uh, they're just paying at least at this point. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'd say the last one is we also have a massage therapist who's an independent contractor. Um, So again, she kind of just leases a room essentially. And then we, we send her patients when we think they need massage and she runs her own, basically a massage business out of our facility, which just goes hand in hand really well. And so that'd be the, that'd be the last way. I I guess there are a couple other ones that that are small, but it's been, it's been good. We do different things like different consulting. Um, We help, like we're going to help a volleyball club uh, learn how to our coaches learn how to deal with acute little injuries that type of thing we do like different workshops and seminars um and then we have a sports nutritionist as well who uh is kind of another independent contractor essentially
0: sure and
2: you kind of mentioned joey i think previously you're in a lease to own on the building side
1: Correct. Yep. Perfect. Yep. So that's kind of the uh, retirement plan, if you will. So sure. um, I, yeah, I'm trying, the least, it's least to own and I would love, love to own the building at some point. Uh, I don't know. That's Hannah's, that's Hannah's realm, but at some point we'd like to own the building. That would be uh, sure. what we'd retire on for sure.
2: Yeah. Real estate's a key part of uh, what we talk to our clients about. So I think that's just another... Cool. Another stream as well. I want to pivot just a touch, but stay in the cash flow realm. We talk to our clients a lot about health insurance and we're getting people calling us really like in a panic. Hey, I'm supposed to my rates just when I'm supposed to be paying 12, 14, 15. Great point. We just heard one dollars a month for health insurance. When yep. you look at true health, you know, health, mind and body, and those services you're providing, and then you're encountering people that are paying cash versus insurance, just kind of walk us through what you see as like a business owner and as a health practitioner in that space. And and yeah, just shed light on that.
1: Sure. So it's interesting. When I first started, I wanted, I was a cash only practice. So we weren't taking insurance at all. And the reason I did that um, was a mentor that I was working with previously, and they were, they were great. And she kind of, she showed me that people that are more willing to pay out of pocket right now are typically really high level clients. They want to get better immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was nice. And then I don't have to fight the insurance companies. Insurance companies are notoriously difficult to get paid from, especially as a chiropractor, uh, respect for chiropractors and and the insurance realm is diminishing every year. Um, (laughs) so, so that's difficult. Um, so I started all cash based and it was, uh, you know people just pay a certain fee to see me the first time and then a, a lower fee every time I would have to see them afterwards and it was awesome but it just wasn't enough people to sustain what I was trying to do uh, and people want to use their insurance and I totally understand that you're paying your premium you want to use it I get that um, so we kind of we pivoted and about I'd say a year ago or so about a year and a half probably uh, no a year ago we changed to start accepting insurance and that's been I mean it's been fantastic people like I said they want to use their insurance it's been really nice uh, the difficult part is obviously battling that out every day that's kind of hannah's other full-time job is, is absolutely chasing those things down so it's been tough um, i think the i think the realm that i'm in the industry i'm in is really shifting towards a cash-based uh, uh, practice uh, a lot of my mentors are now moving to that and it's kind of you just have to build a name essentially so people will follow you and sure. do things like that but it's been, um, I think it's, it's a good model because you're able to do exactly what you need to do, what the patient wants, um, as opposed to what insurance tells us we can do
0: at that point. Sure.
1: So, yeah, it's been difficult.
0: You know, that, that same person that we're, Brian mentioned of the $1,900 a month, we mm-hmm. talked to him and I mean, he was just, just going to do it, right? I mean, what else could I have to do? It's not really my job. I don't have time to go research. Right. If you think about that, that's $24,000 per year for him and his family. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's if he's if he never goes if he's healthy and never goes to the doctor, right? right. Like <laughs> these right. insurance companies are so easy to take your money, but when you want to get money out and they want to actually pay you the benefit, it seems like it's like they've got a lock and key locked up. And so working with that individual, it's been such a freeing thing for him just to have options. What are right. my options? And obviously we deal with every day. And so, man, I really want to commend you for. For even entering into that, but then maybe later, even pulling that back out once you have a name and, and
1: yeah, stuff. yeah, so that's right. Really cool. yeah, I completely agree. People are confused by insurance all the time. I think they, I think they intentionally make it as confusing as possible. <laughs> because, uh, and, and it's true. And I remember a few times we had we got a lot of denials one month for for some reason, like we weren't getting paid from a certain insurer. And I reached out to them. They said, "Oh yeah, it was a paperwork error. I'm going to need you to submit." these papers. So I looked at it, and it was like four or five sheets of paperwork for every patient. So I mean, that took hours upon hours. Yes. of time. And I imagine a busier person at that time wouldn't have been able to do it. And they would have just lost quite a bit of money. And so I, I, I'm frustrated by it. But at the same time, it, it's allowed us to help a lot more people. And uh, yeah, it's, it is important.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a business owner and you're kind of that same—if you're listening and you're in that same vein, you get—you've got to reach out to us because there's options for you and you need to know that. So for sure. For okay, sure. so where? What's next? What's next for Joey and Engineer Performance? What's what's going next?
1: Uh, so we're really diving heavily over the last few months into sports performance. We've gotten—it's fun because early adopters into anything are usually pretty awesome people to work with. And uh, we got some early adopters, some athletes that jumped into the program, just said, let's go. They saw, they saw the benefit and they're ready to, they're ready to roll. And those guys are typically really good already. And so we make them, you know, that 1% better. And now they're making big scholarship deals and they're, and they're possibly going professional. And that's, been huge for us and we love working with that population so we've really chased that down so right now our our alpha athlete classes our sports performance class I think it has like three spots left and it's been it's been massively successful Um, but now we're looking at even individualizing into different sports so over the summer we did an elite basketball group and that was with uh, high-level D1 athletes and then uh, a professional athlete, or a couple of professional basketball players. And you get to treat those guys a little bit differently uh, when they're all in one sport. We talk a lot here about just training for general athleticism, but when you're able to really focus on one sport, even just treating them a little bit differently is is super cool. And so we're kind of diving into that. We're talking about having a volleyball-specific program with Ankeny Volleyball being so successful and everybody loving it around here. Um, Mm -hmm. Things like that seems to be next. so we're, we're loving that, but then the next, I think, after that kind of does its thing, we would love to expand facilities. Uh, we, we looked at trying to expand this building because we're, we're kind of running out of space, but uh, the, the lot we're on just isn't big enough. Um, Ankeny is very particular about having enough parking, so, <laughs> sure. so yeah, so we can't we can't expand the this, this specific building, but we're talking to different groups of people that are doing like uh, you know basketball facilities or soccer facilities and putting up satellite like sports medicine uh, clinics in there. Um, and we can even run like a speed and agility camps, or like a vert, increase your vertical camps and stuff like that. So uh, the possibilities are endless. Right now, it's super exciting time because Ankeny loves their sports, and so it's been it's been fun.
0: They absolutely do. They absolutely do.
2: Yeah, we meet with a lot of business owners. I want to touch on that vein you just kind of t- uh, mentioned. Is a lot of our business owners are experiencing. Like, it's hard to find good talent. They're excited about the economy. Could you just give us like a general where you view the economy at? And uh, are you excited about, you know, when you look out two to three years?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely am excited about it. And it's interesting, like in my industry, it's a little bit tough because when you, when you're really excelling at this stuff, you usually go to the coast, and so, a lot of really great strength and conditioning coaches that are coming out of Iowa are leaving. Hmm. Um, a lot of really great clinicians that are coming out of Iowa are leaving. And so, it's tough because we'll get some really cool applicants, and as soon as we decide this is my guy, he's gone, and, uh, and, and you know he'll get a, he'll get an, uh, an offer from somewhere on the coast, and and sure. they've been they're, ex, they're excelling so that's been really tough at the same time it's exciting because this industry is really blowing up and so i'm seeing more and more guys coming out of the university of iowa and out of des moines university and all these all these schools are doing a great job and so um we're, there's a ton of talent eventually they're going to realize that is a place to be right so um and and on top of that, just comes comes the name. We've gotten a lot of looks from some really successful people on the coast who are actually willing to come to Iowa to work with us. So um, they just see what we're doing, see what we're doing things a little bit differently, and I think that's uh, that's appealing to them. Like I said, strength conditioning and, and sports performance in Iowa being ten years behind—that's not appealing to somebody that knows what they're doing. Uh, they don't they don't want to just do bodybuilding splits and, and kickboxing and that type of stuff for somebody that's trying to play basketball or or volleyball or, or any other sport. So. Um, being able pushing the needle like I said really doing things a little bit differently starting to attract some attention so I'm I'm very excited about where the economy's at and all these all these new people coming out with, uh, with fantastic resumes that are looking for jobs
0: sure you know what yeah. something I was just thinking for you just because you're so knowledgeable in it, and you have such a different approach in an uncommon way is is royalties we talk about royalties as one of the seven sources of residual income but yeah. writing a book almost and getting royalties off of that it seems like you're really close to that obviously we don't talk about that with every one of our clients in fact we don't talk a lot about the, some of the residual incomes at first for all of, most of our clients, but it's fun just hearing you and the knowledge that you have. I definitely think you would, you would. You do well in the royalties, yeah. I appreciate hearing that, and that's
1: definitely something like we. something I'd love to do in the future, and something I've explored. We actually, I wrote like this little ebook, basically on fat loss, like how to just lose yeah. you know, fat. Uh, I did that and put it on our website, and you know, it's it's free if, as long as I gather your your email information. I'll hit you with a bunch of stuff later, but uh, <laughs> but that yeah, I, I would love to do that in the future. I think um, I think that, and then on top of that, I would really love to to speak on this stuff. I really like teaching Fair. this. And so we, um, I reached out to a previous mentor of mine who speaks around the country, actually around the world. He teaches like instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization things. Um, it's basically uh, some, some manual therapies. And uh, it looks like me and our physical therapist will be teaching that stuff over the next year or so too. So um, again, kind of just a passion of mine. I like to, I like to travel a lot. And so um, that, I think they'll be able to afford us another passive income, but then also the ability to kind of get out uh, outside this building every now and then and see some other stuff.
0: That's right, man. That's right. So what advice being a business owner in the, in, in the throes of it, but obviously now successful, what advice would you have for other or our listeners and other people who are maybe on the front end of this journey of this uncommon journey? What would what advice would you have for them?
1: I'd say number one, uh, and and this is interesting, but I'd say plan really, really well. Um, My wife, she was a business major at the University of Iowa, and she put together a business plan over the last like six months that I was in school and she knew what we wanted to do. And she really took the time. She read a bunch of books. She took, took some classes and put together this beautiful business plan when I was. So I knew exactly where we were going. We really had it on a a perfect blueprint and and it made sense. And so when we were going to those initial banks and investors and, you know, one of the, we continuously got denied, but one of the comments we always got was, this is a beautiful business plan. Nobody does this anymore. Mm. And, and I liked hearing that because at the same time too, we were very young. I still, had, we're still young. And so when we first walked into the meetings, I, I felt like we were losing respect right away a lot sure. of the time. Sure. And, and ha- having that to handle him right away was, um, I think it, it initially garnered us a little more respect, which was really important to me. Um, obviously it never worked out, but having that, having that uh, business plan was huge. So I'd say plan really well, um, and, and, and be prepared for what's going to happen. And what I mean by that is be prepared, like we talked about, to not sleep at night quite a few times and, and be a little bit scared. And sacrifice. Just sacrifice exactly. Know know that going in, and then keep your foot on the gas pedal. You know, I had um another uh, an I, I wouldn't call him a mentor of mine, but an idol of mine. Uh, a, a really good friend of mine went and met with him, and, and asked. He owns a very successful gym and sports performance facility on the East Coast. And he went met with him and said, you know, I'm I'm I have this wife, I'm thinking about having a baby over the next year, but I really want to pivot and and open up this facility. And, and the mentor, um, I agree with 99% of what he said, but this time he said, don't do it. He's like, you're not, you're not prepared because you have to sacrifice all these things. And he somehow picked up in their conversation that he wasn't prepared to sacrifice like a little bit of time and maybe putting off having the kid another year or something like that. And I thought that was interesting advice to me because although it takes a special person, I think the person that's willing to make that leap is a special person. And so um, I, I just say, you know, know what you're getting into and then keep your foot on the gas pedal
0: for sure. Absolutely. That's awesome.
2: I want to tuck in one more question here because we've kind of bounced around it, but I want to, I want to zero in on it. You kind of mentioned, um, high school athletes getting a full ride scholarship. You obviously indicate you had a pretty strong vision and trajectory headed into college. I imagine you didn't graduate with much student loan debt. We haven't really talked about it. And you came out with a really nice, you know, business plan. Talk to us about what you're seeing with, you know, these high school students and a plan for college and all this student loan debt. And, and what would be your advice to, you know, the students that uh, you're getting applications from uh, to stay out of debt?
1: Yeah. So I'd say our high school athletes start training. It's interesting that we, we train a lot or we we have in the past trained a lot of inner city Kids, We did a promotion once that, um, you know, with, with our adult fitness, if you buy one, we give one. And so every time an adult fitness member signed up, we gave an inner city uh, kid, an athlete, a, a membership. And that was really fun. Um, it was an interesting dynamic because some of those guys are fighting literally for their college education. If they don't get that scholarship, they're not going to college. Right. And, and, and that was interesting. And uh, you've never seen determination until you work with some of those kids. Um, so that was fun. And I, I think it's it cool because a lot of these kids are in that specific scenario and they do, they do have the ability to go to college otherwise, but they really fight for it. And, and seeing their parents backing is, has been important and, um, I love it. And I love seeing that kid get that call and, and, and getting the scholarship and knowing that he's going to be able to, you know, address his academic needs and what he wants to do in the future while playing a sport. He loves it. has been huge. Um, me personally, I graduated with a ton of debt actually, because when I went to, yeah, so when I went I, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. T- yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I went to. I went to Iowa and was. My parents helped me tremendously when I was going through there. I never had to work a full-time job when I was at Iowa, which I'm very grateful for, and I could really concentrate on my studies. Uh, but when I went to Palmer. It accumulated fast. Uh, I got I have a ton of debt from from Palmer Chiropractic College. The cool thing about it, and one of the big reasons I went there though, was they have a zero default rate uh, uh, from their from their students in the past. So everybody's making enough money to pay to pay their student loans, and that was important to me. And I, I looked at that when I um, when I was picking a school. Uh, that was one of the, one of the few that that were in that certain scenario. So I decided to go there, figuring that they would prepare me enough to help stay out of massive or to at least pay my debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and, we are doing that, which, uh, I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to make this quick point when you were talking about the students, I am, I not, this isn't me, but I am a happy member of engineered performance about <laughs> two weeks in and I yeah. will just, have a shameless plug is I've, I'm a pretty sore guy. I work out <laughs> and I just absolutely dropped it sore, but it, I haven't been with engineer performance and right. that's really, I think a plus on that. And then I wanted to touch on the students in the back room, your performance, what do you call it? A performance lab? Yeah, um, the performance lab. Yep. It's amazing. You guys got to go online and see this, but it's this really nice area. They have flags of college uh, universities all around this nice facility and they have signatures on these flags. And, and that's for every student that comes through your program that ends up getting a scholarship or, or understand, or what does it talk, you know about it more than I do.
1: No, that's exactly right. As soon as they get a scholarship to play at the next level, then we get a flag, we have them sign it. So, um, I mean, we've got, yeah, it's lining the place right now and we have multiple signatures on multiple flags and it's, it's been fun. We just like, you know, we, we. I really like giving the kids the credit when they, when they do this, they're really excited. So we take a picture of it. We put it on social media. They share it around They're, they're pumped to show their friends what they've accomplished. Cause I see these kids work so hard and it's just another way to commemorate what they've done and, and really congratulate them. So we love, yeah, we love that idea. It's worked out really well.
0: Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. Okay. So how do our listeners know more about you, Joey, about engineer performance? Talk to us about that.
1: Sure, yeah. So our, our website is pretty all-encompassing. I tell most people that they live anywhere in the area, uh, you know, engineeredperformance.com. And like I said, we spell that with the four. So it's P-E-R, the number four, M-A-N-C-E.com. And um, that's pretty all-encompassing. We got a lot of information on there. We got some videos describing kind of who we are, where we're from, and what we're doing um, on every page. It describes the different programs that we offer and all of that. Um, but we also have a podcast as well, so uh, the Engineered Performance podcast. You can find on iTunes, and in that one we just talk about sports, you know, sports medicine, sports science, movement, nutrition, our four pillars, and we kind of hit all of that, just talking talking about what's going on in the uh the sports scene as well. So um, that's the best place. But otherwise, if you're anywhere in the area, stop in anytime. We um, we always got somebody that's available to give you a tour or talk to you. Um, we always talk to people. We say, you know, come in, tell us about your goals. We'll make sure that this is the perfect place for you first before anything else happens. So uh, yeah, I appreciate
0: all the kind words though, yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. I love that you're so uncommon. I love being a part of your journey. Thanks, man. Thanks for kind of opening up a little bit for us. You know, I, I think maybe the biggest thing that I, I learned is just having that encourager, that mentor to work through things. And like, yeah. I mean, we make it in jest, but having parents that you have is such a blessing and to have your mom say, Nope, Joey, go back, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, she's—they've you know, yeah. they've been everything for me. See, seeing them do it themselves, and then yeah, uh, the constant—sometimes encouragement, sometimes just go get it done. Uh, yeah. about, somehow, she always knows exactly when that's supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. I, I'd say it's big.
2: Well, thank you so much, Joy, for being on the podcast today. Uh, just tons of uh, just valuable information, and I just always appreciate. Uh, just your candor and, and just
0: laying it out there. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's fun.
0: Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, just give us a great rating so we can get to more and more people and help them have an uncommon life. Because as you heard from Joey, it's worth it. Yep. And man, there are people to walk through some of the hardest things that you're going to be keeping you up at night, man. And that that mentor will be the one to do that. So guys, thanks for listening. Join us uh, in two weeks. We'll have another one out. So thanks again. Thank you very much. much. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.